This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. President Joe Biden's ambitious, long-delayed $1 trillion infrastructure bill this weekend was passed. But actually, while this is actually a great win, it's not entirely a rosy week for the president. There are a few other developments we're following in the U.S. this week. Yeah. So on the same day, a U.S. federal court issued a stay to freeze the Biden administration's rule to have workers in the private sector be vaccinated against COVID-19 or be tested weekly. So basically, this is a Republican-led effort and it saw governors uh, filling lawsuits from as uh, recently as Friday again the ruling and they are citing personal choice here and i believe this is also another contentious issue that will see more debate in the u.s and speaking of vaccinations american regulators have also given the green light to administer the pfizer covid 19 vaccine to kids aged 5 to 11 set to change the course of the u.s vaccination campaign it will involve 28 million young children also across the border mexican workers who need to cross the border into the u.s are scrambling to get immunized with WHO-approved vaccines or risk losing their livelihoods ahead of a new ruling. To find out more about all of this, we're joined now by Nirmal Ghosh, U.S. Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Good morning, Nirmal. Let's uh, start off with that $1.7 trillion infrastructure bill that was passed over the weekend. This was something that even uh, former President Donald Trump couldn't pass in 2018. Let's talk about how big a win this is for President Biden and what worked for Biden. What didn't work for Trump? Yes, President Biden's experience in Washington was one very big factor in this. Donald Trump's followers may be loyal, but often it is a loyalty based on fear which was fine by Donald Trump. That was his style. He used words like enemy, for example, to describe the media. He behaved as if political opponents were enemies. Now, President Biden has tried to be a consensus builder, and he and people like Democrats Pramila Jaipal, Josh Gottheimer, and others worked to get that consensus, which in the end turned out to be critical because those six Democrats voted against it, 13 Republicans voted for the bill. Now, those Republicans, of course, are feeling some heat from the far right of the Republican Party. Yes, it is a big win for Biden and a very important uh, boost for the party psychologically after the disaster in Virginia last week, where the governorship flipped to Republican. Now the money will start flowing and many sectors will see jobs growth, electric cars, for instance, engineering and construction, road and bridge works, broadband, Now, President Biden's polls are underwater. We will see how much of a boost this gets him. And there are still pressures. Inflation is running high. So it is not a decisive lift, but it will help a lot. If the economy picks up on the back of this bill, if employment picks up steam before the midterms, roughly one year from now, then that will be very good news for the Democrats. President Biden has emphasized all along his working class roots, and this bill will go a long way towards showing that he is a real pro-working class president. Now, Nirmal, now that the bill has been passed, what's next? I mean, so much to do. What is the first order of business, though? Well, shovels in the ground, as the president said. But politically, there is 
a very big first order of business now, and that is the Build Back Better Act, which focuses on social measures, the second part of this legislation. Now, this bill reduces the cost of child care, of elder care, of health care in general. It gives universal pre-K schooling to children ages three and four, which boosts later learning capacity and a string of other measures, which will also be a critical legacy if they can get it done. The agenda is that of the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party. The infrastructure bill is about jobs. The Build Back Better Act is about reducing social inequities. Never mind the gap between the poor and the rest, but even the gap between the middle class and the wealthy has been widening. If you are a single parent, how do you afford daycare for your child while you go to work? In essence, the president and the Democrats are calling for a more balanced economy. Now, this bill is supposed to be voted on this month, probably not before the 15th. It is the second big piece of legislation. Together with the infrastructure bill, the two would be the biggest and most transformative legislation since the New Deal. The downside, of course, is the debt will increase, but the party is saying the Build Back Better Act will be paid for. And they say they have the numbers to vote it through. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Let's move on to the other issue that we're looking at this morning, Nirmal. The U.S. Federal Appeals Court frozen Biden's rule requiring workers at U.S. companies with at least 100 employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or be tested weekly. What's behind this order and what was the reason given? Yes, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry said the action stops President Biden from moving forward with his quote-unquote unlawful overreach. The president will not impose medical procedures on the American people without the checks and balances afforded by the Constitution, he said in the statement. Landry, of course, is a Republican. So, yes, at least 27 states have filed lawsuits challenging the rule, and some of the judges ruling on these cases are conservatives put in place by former President Donald Trump. The Joe Biden administration has been encouraging widespread vaccinations as the quickest way to end the pandemic. And officials are saying they remain confident they have a strong legal case to defend this mandate because its safety rules preempt state laws. That is their argument. Now, the government must provide an expedited reply to a motion for a permanent injunction. That will happen on Monday. That is today. Followed by the petitioner's reply on Tuesday. So this will go on for a few days. And we can expect other verdicts being handed down and accordingly contested in other states as well. Now, normal. this next thing, apparently the cause of a Republican-led effort, governors filing lawsuits to stop the rule, saying it tramples civil liberties. What will the Biden administration really need to do to fight this pushback? How much of a curveball will we really see uh, to the January 4th start date for this filing? A lot depends on how all the legal challenges turn out. White House Chief of Staff Ronald Klain on Sunday said he was confident the vaccine mandate would be upheld in New Orleans, where the court temporarily stopped it. If that happens, it will be an indicator that the January 4th deadline can be met. It could be a bellwether for the other cases as well. If not, then of course that throws into question how the mandate will be implemented. But we have to go through all this legal wrangling in the next few weeks before we get there. 
Nirmal, the FDA has just given the final approval for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine to be administered to 5 to 11-year-olds in America. Let's talk about whether this or not, whether this is welcome news for the parents of what? We're talking 28 million children there. What kind of implications are we looking at and what can they look forward to? It comes as a really huge relief. Kids can now get their normal childhoods back, you know, sleepovers, birthday parties, family reunions and so forth. It relieves the constant stress since the start of the pandemic, especially for parents of young children. Mind you, that doesn't mean there is a universal rush now to get children vaccinated. A Kaiser Family Foundation survey of parents with kids 5 to 11 years old found that nearly one third did want to get their children vaccinated right away. But another third said they would still want to wait and see how the vaccine works in that age group before scheduling their own appointments. And one third said they do not plan on getting their child the vaccine. So a relief for parents broadly, but with some caveats and differences in degree. Now, on a related note, we hear reports of Mexicans who need to cross the border into the U.S. They're scrambling to get approved COVID-19 vaccines ahead of new rules, of course, that are set to take effect this week. What are these rules that they're talking about and to what extent can they look to get vaccinated in the U.S. instead as part of their employment condition, Nirmal? Right. So the rules specify that beginning on Monday, only foreigners who have received World Health Organization, that is WHO, approved vaccines can cross the border, which effectively stops those who got vaccines from others, including a, a Chinese company, including Russia's Sputnik V. So a lot of Mexicans who regularly cross the border on their day jobs who had those vaccines are now looking to get approved vaccines. Those who can afford it are even flying into Los Angeles and other places to get the vaccines in the United States, where so many questions are not asked. The border was closed for a long time. Now they will have these spot checks at the border. So things remain difficult for those who cross the border on work. It's been very rough. Some families live on either side of the border. Now around 59% of eligible Mexicans have had one dose and 48% have had both doses. But an earlier shortage meant many of those were vaccines now not recognized by the U.S. authorities. So there are a lot of people back at square one, not necessarily in terms of the actual immunity status, but in terms of traveling and working in the United States. Thank you very much for that. Nirmal Ghosh, U.S. Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Thanks for joining us on The Washington Report. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.